Welcome everybody to the Sonoma Spiel. My name is Tim. It's such a lovely day in Sonoma. The hills are green. The sheep are out in the fields. There's mustard growing. Everything's amazing. Lots going on. But today, today, listeners, we have a very special guest. And I know, I know I say today I have a very special guest every week, but this time I have a very special guest. And that is Shauna Davis, Epicurean Connection. Shauna, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic today. <laughs> fantastic. I just drove by, by the Montini Ranch, and there's baby yeah. little calves out there. There are. There's little There's little sheeps. There's little calves. There's little goats everywhere. And there's baby water buffalo on Arnold Drive. Okay. So we were talking about the water buffalo. Uh, last week, I, had a, I asked uh, our guest, Michelle Heston from the Fairmont, because someone else asked us, why are, there, why are there water buffalo on Arnold Drive? What's going on? What's the story? So the owner of the water buffalo lost her ranch in Tomales. Okay. And so the ranch here in Sonoma, his officer office offered her graciously okay. the property to house her buffalo. So she's currently looking for a home for her water buffalo and to make her cheese. To make the cheese. And so these water buffalo, it's like, a, it's like I guess, an Airbnb for, for water buffalo up here in Sonoma. <laughs> Licensed. And, and like and like allowed, um, so they're up there just living their best life in a, in a field somewhere. What is? I don't know enough about water buffalo. I have been to Asia, and there was a water buffalo that was the kind that they would sort of use as a tractor in the rice fields in the Philippines and Vietnam. Is this the same animal you think, or is it a different? No, nope, an, same animal. It's the same kind of animal. It's they, an actual huge buffalo that you could use as a beast of burden or and draft horse and get milk. Really. And which is, a, for a small community, that's a big deal. Right. To have a working animal that can garden or farm your farm. Yes. And feed your family is a huge deal. Yeah. They're and like gold. They are huge. And they're like and they're tractors and they're uh, sources of food when they get, when I lived in the Caribbean and one would move on, it would become stew. And yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, they're considered definitely a golden <coughs> charm to your family. You're, right. You're considered you well to do if you have one. Right. Wow. Um, here in America, there's only a couple water milk producers, water, yeah. buffalo water producers, and and Craig Ramini passed away, and this is his wife trying to keep this business Got afloat. It. Okay. And so she's currently looking for a, a barn, ranch, location, anywhere in Sonoma County. To raise these To water raise these buffalo. animals and potentially build or have a trailer-type hmm. uh, cheese-making facility, because she makes beautiful buffalo water mozzarella. And can I? Can you currently buy the, the Ramini mozzarella someplace? Or is it only like through third party or something like that? Like, like I can't find it at the store right now. No, there's limited know. based on how much she can make. Got it. Okay. So it's going to like Delfina restaurant Got it. in the city where Craig can buy it all for one stop, and that's right. much easier for her. Right. You want, in one, these you want one big times. sale, right? Yeah. Well, okay, this is weird because now you, we just, you just randomly brought up milk and cheese and stuff. So, Shauna, do you have some sort of experience in this? Like, who are you? What? <laughs> What is what is your background? What, what, are, what are you doing? My background is culinary and ag cheese, okay. dairy. Okay. I'm a Santa Rosa Junior College graduate. Oh, you are? I am. Go Bear Cubs. Yes. Okay, good. Okay. And so I had signed up for the ag program, ag dairy, okay. after, well, during high school to go. And I got a full scholarship from the Exchange Bank, the Doyle. Oh, the Doyle scholarship. Very good. And then they canceled the ag department. Oh at that time. <laughs> Congratulations, you got a scholarship. However, <laughs> right. And so I could either have gone viticulture, which okay. was what was taking over the agriculture. Oh, right, okay. Or you could go culinary. So I chose culinary. I did not. But where'd you grow up? Right here in Sonoma Valley, born at Sonoma Hospital. What? Went to El Verano, Altamira, what? Sonoma High. Oh, go Dragons. You, you're, you're like local. I am. You are super local. My parents live on Leveroni. I live on Donald. Like, <laughs> 
I don't know how much more local you can I, get. I know. I think your husband's from here, too, if I he recall. Is. Wow, you're deep. All right. You like, can't my escape. granddad was the chef at Paul's Resort. Oh, in the spring. In the mm-hmm. springs, right? Yeah. That was interesting. Cause Michelle last we were talking about the springs and how uh, Michelle, uh, Fairmont was all these different resorts and things that were up there and, and the transitions that have happened. And wow, so that was your grandfather worked up there. Okay. So him and, him and Paul were in uh, Pearl Harbor, no, Korean War, okay. Korean. Mm-hmm. And that they promised if they got out together, they would stay together. Not okay. like as a couple, but. Of course, right. Or, or not, but yeah, so they came up they here. Choose. Right. Um, but they both got married and they both lived at 175 Verano Avenue. That's fantastic. For eternity. Wow. And they had one more friend, Buff, who was in the same okay. situation. So Buff and Buff played violin. And so the three of them, and, and all of my kid memories are going around foraging with them because he was a chef. Okay. And somehow the four of us fit in a little blue Chevy blue Chevy blue love. Remember those? <laughs> was that a little tiny Chevy sedan? The five yeah. sticks. Okay. So I would okay. sit on the on the middle man's lap. Right. Doing the shift stick. Of course, because they, you know why have car seats back then? No reason whatsoever. <laughs> and and in those days, though, it it reminds me of what I do today. We drove out and got the meat. We drove right. out and got the cheese. Okay. We go drove out and got the produce. Right. And by the time we got back to the resort, the back of the truck was packed <laughs> with food. So you were like the early, uh, I mean, not like Cisco exactly, but like a purveyor of food, but local and fresh. And you would just go and bring it to Paul's Resort, and then the, your grandfather would cook it. Yeah, my then, granddad <clears throat> would drive us all around, and <laughs> okay. it, it was always the three of them and me. Okay. And on Fridays I, at Altamira School, I oh. was that embarrassing kid. The three of them would bring me hot lunch, like, and not talking like hot, boring right. school lunch. Right. But like real lunch. They like. would bring you food at school? And they would eat lunch with me at the Altamira sign. Get out of here. And some kids made fun of me that like, she eats, she eats lunch with her grandpa. Oh, look at that. She eats like ravioli and like really good food. Right. I'm like, are you? do you know the food they bring me? <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your warmed up hot dog. I'm getting something real. Right. It was great. Wait, so, because you're a cheesemaker now, like, right? You make I'm cheese. I'm a cheesemaker and a chef, so cheesemaking, I make I make three cheeses currently. Okay. The creme de fromage, which I brought for you today. Yes, I got a little, for people, people watching, I have a little a little bag. Swag. Right I'm excited about this. The creme, creme, what's it called, creme de fromage? Creme de fromage, and we're entirely sold out, Tim, so that is the last. Oh, I'm not going to sell this, though. This one's for me only, people, so stop bidding on this. No, really? This, is, is this right here, creme de fromage? That is the last creme de fromage container until... Yes. Thursday. Okay. We make more on Monday, but we sold out this week. And you make this at your at your place. We we make this at a cheese plant in Berkeley. Plant? Oh really? Okay, good. We're okay. in a co-op. Okay. And very it's good. an awesome co-op. I've been there 16 years. Oh okay. I'm still the newest member. <laughs> I am the white lady. I'm the <laughs> white person and the lady person. And this reminds me of the Farms in Berkeley commercial. Remember it, Farms in it Berkeley? It is an old Berkeley Farms. Is it really an old yes. plant there? Okay, yes. so that's. Because Berkeley is very urbanized now, but I imagine it used to have... At one time, there were farms around it that yeah. would serve you know, the, the East Bay and San Francisco and stuff. So you make... Okay, so creme de fromage. And then what's this looking stuff right here? That is a honey orange blossom marmalade oh, wow. that you're going to serve with your cheese on a good bread you'll pick up at Oliver's tonight. Oh, well done. <laughs> and because Love it. you're lucky you have an Oliver's, but do, the honey yeah. orange blossom marmalade, mm-hmm. um, great on pancakes in the morning or waffles oh, okay, or good. crepes. Okay. Um, I also make a, like a Chinese-style chicken. Oh, I chunk call. up the chicken, saute it, and then just oh. stir fry it with a little bit of the honey orange blossom. Okay. And it's like the, it's like the delicious uh, orange chicken we all want to say we don't like at Panda Express. <laughs> okay, like, my kids love that stuff. I'm like, you guys know how terrible it's like. Just that stuff's terrible as far as like what's in it, but it's delicious. And you're absolutely right. No one should like it. It's like McDonald's fries. You shouldn't like it. 
And yet there you are, just eating them warm and hot. So you could try <laughs> this on your kids. Okay. Just a little sprinkle of soy sauce and okay. some good rice. And you're good to go, huh? Mm-hmm. Thank you. This you're is welcome. amazing. So, Shauna, because uh, people can, you have a shop that people can buy this stuff at, right? We do. We have a retail shop out on 8th Street East here in Sonoma. Okay. One nine six seven zero Eight 8th Street East in the Sonoma Industrial Park. Most okay. people know the park as where the antique ladies are. Okay. There's four antique ladies up front. There is. So that's why I know when to turn. And the it's a great way outside. to describe right. to most locals where we're right. at. Um, and it's Sonoma Industrial Park, and nobody ever sees the sign. Right. So no, you're abs- the signage is not great. No. For the, but. but we're the fourth building back, and we have a purple awning, and that usually sets us aside. And people know, I think on Fridays, you, you're open for people to just drop in and go to the Fridays shop. Fridays and right? Saturdays from and 9 Saturdays. to 12. Okay. And we're open for prepared foods to go. This week we had a... Sonoma grown potatoes, leeks, and garlic cream Ooh. soup. Ooh, nice. And then we had a, a trio of cauliflower, all Sonoma grown. Okay. With a pasta salad with caramelized leeks, shallots, and onions. Okay. And that could be so what I, I try to make a dish in this wacky weather we have right now. <laughs> sunny, rainy, sunny, rainy. I can't. <laughs> all of the above. Do I have sandbags? Do I open the window? I can't decide. <laughs> so I always try and make right. a dish in the last. Actually, to have a dish that you could either eat as a, you could run in, Tim, buy it and eat it as a pasta salad on your drive home. Right, right. Or you could take it home and heat it up. Right, which I've done. Both. And both. that's, but I always try to <laughs> have a dish I've also eaten like it in the parking lot by in your little spot there because it's, the food is so good. And the salad, especially like in the, I like in the summer, you have these really good, like fresh vegetables there and the farmers are dropping stuff. I mean, all the time they are. But yeah, like a really good pasta salad and it's, I it's was so surely good. hoping that all those farmers showed up today when Senator Dodds was there. Yeah, so Senator Dodds was that we had our, our state senator was there and, and he was making, they learned how to make cheese or what he, were they doing? learned how to make cheese, him and his entire team. So tell me about this. How, how do, if I want to learn how to make cheese, like what, what does that entail? Do I have to go out and get the cow and stuff? like that or just show up to your shop? Well, you shop, could. You but, could buy a cow and take it home and <laughs> learn to milk it. I go on YouTube and yeah. like, okay, honey, what do I do now? But uh, it's a lot easier yeah. to go to the store and buy some Clover Stornetta milk or some okay. Strauss Family Creamery milk. And then what do I do? Like, but you, you have a class, right? We, have, we, we teach the class every Thursday, Friday, Saturday at 12 o'clock okay. and 3.30. And explain to me what you do. How does that work? You Each station, how you register. So if you mm-hmm. and your friend registered, you two would be at your own table. Okay. And we're kind of sticking to post-COVID regulations. We actually kind of grew fond of the COVID regulations <laughs> okay. in the sense that our classes are smaller. Good. Okay. And how you register your group is how you're stationed. So okay. that way it's your cheese. Nobody you're else together. has touched okay. it. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. Because in the olden days, like remember when we, we did your volunteer mm-hmm. class and there mm-hmm. was maybe 40 of us hands in the pot at the community center yeah it was, was fun. it was a great fun time <laughs> right but i look back at that now and there's no way you could talk me into doing that <laughs> right. it's not gonna happen different times so now i'm at my own station i'm there at the epicurean connection out there on 8th street east and i've got a little burner right and like, i have nope. you set up with a butane burner okay they're commercial and we have you set up with a lake rose pot oh nice a one gallon milk, four okay. quarts of cream. Uh-huh. So you pour your one gallon of milk in and your one quart of cream. Okay. And you light the flame to medium, which is, I say, nine o'clock. Okay, good. And then cover it. And then it's going to take about 15 to 20 minutes to heat up to 200 degrees. Okay. And at 200 degrees, if your milk boils over, you did not ruin it. Oh, no. Okay. You simply pasteurized your milk. Oh, well done. So you I'm just. I'm amazing. Good. Okay. It's a, it's a skill. <laughs> I mean, people get paid to pasteurize milk. <laughs> 
So Well done. So don't worry, kid. You just learned how to pasteurize milk. So what Good. I recommend is you pour the milk out into another vessel, clean mm. your pot out in case it's scalded. Oh, okay. okay. And then pour your milk back in and just bring it back to 200. Okay. And continue on. Okay. So now you turn your flame off at 200 degrees. Mm. And if you have a hot old stove, like I have a cast iron stove at home, mm. remove it to another All right. st- station that's cool. because so retain the heat. The, ca- the cast iron one is going to continue to be warm for the next hour. Right. So I move it over or off that hot plate. Right. And I add in two teaspoons of kosher salt. Okay. And then two cups of distilled white vinegar. Okay. Give it a stir uh-huh. with a whisk or a spatula. Right. And then I take my cheese ladle and gently take the surface okay. and lift up horizontally and lay in the colander. And now you have cheese foam over here. Okay. We cover the lid, set our old-fashioned timers mm-hmm. for 10 minutes, and then you go taste your cheese foam. And it's okay. a dish that they serve it like per se in the French laundry. <laughs> they... They take these little <clears throat> pearl spoons and mm-hmm. they cover it with creme de fromage and then they put caviar on it and that's your amuse-bouche. Oh, so, so you can be like super fancy and go to French Laundry or you'd be super smart and go to Epicurean Connection and learn how to I make I could save stuff. you money. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, so so I have, the, what did you call it? The, the, the cheese foam? Cheese foam. Cheese foam, okay. And there's been some great articles in the New York Times about oh. cheese foam. And anyone who's listening, just Google it. I can't tell okay. you the story because I will not be able to quit giggling. Okay, okay. But Google cheese foam. Cheese foam, and okay. And you will be entertained. Okay, okay. So, and thankfully it was not about my cheese foam. It was about somebody else's. Somebody else's cheese foam. Phew. It was actually, it was about foam and food, fo- foaming oh, and food. Oh, the foams were such a trend. Remember yeah. the foams and the gels? But and the article's epic. It was good? I'll have to yes. read that. Okay. So... So now you have the cheese uh, foam that you can make little spoons, uh-huh. wipe them clean with your finger. Right. Serve it. I serve it with lemon zest and peppers and a mousse okay. bouche okay. if I'm having a din- dinner party. Huh. You know, if you want to, um, you could put fresh peach or fresh berry. Okay. Sprinkle it with, if you're going to have minestrone soup, do the little spoon, first bite, sprinkle some Italian seasoning. So your first bite is uh-huh. taste of cheese, and it then gets- you've crumbled some cheese on top of your soup. Okay. It transitions right into the soup. Yeah. So it's like your amuse bouche. So is cheese foam cheese? Cheese foam is cheese firming. Che- cheese foam is forming into a cheese curd. Oh, okay. Okay. So the curd is what's forming Got to it. firm up to okay. make cheese. So the cheese foam, you only have about one minute of cheese foam. Uh, okay. So you got to scoop it. So when you but when you're making this stuff, what's still in the pot? What's is there the something left? Is the whole gallon of milk, the cream, right. the vinegar, and the salt is all enclosed with the lid on and no peaking. Don't look for how long? Ten minutes. Ten minutes, okay. but no peaking. If you peak, you lose twenty five percent yield. Okay. Wow, that's for a significant amount. That is okay. And and just imagine all the curds, the, the fat, the proteins rising to the top, and the whey and the low fat milk is sinking to the bottom. Okay, that's so curds and whey eating curds, curds and whey. whey. Here we are. Oh, the poems. Okay, okay. What happens after ten minutes? Does it, does it so turn ten into minutes? Cheddar? You're if if you're not a STEM student, your right. timer still works. <laughs> okay. Because the STEM kids love to disassemble my timers. Oh. <laughs> You're like, kids, don't touch the timer. Nope, I've gotten used to it, and the timer company actually sent me extras. <laughs> good. Because they believe in the STEM program. <laughs> nice. Okay, good. And the kids love they it. They need to change STEM to like STEM C, so, so cheese is in there, not just science, technology, engineering, math. It's now cheese. STEEM. Oh, STEEM. I think They've arts. added arts. I think, oh, so culinary arts. I we'll would be in the that. arts. Okay, good. I, should, I have to remember STEEM, STEEM, STEEM. Okay, STEEM. STEEM. The STEEM so, kids, STEEM cheese. But the STEEM kids are fascinated because they most of them have never seen a timer that actually makes that rickety sound. Oh. Oh, you have a manual timer, like yes. the egg timer. The yes, kind. Like yeah. Time, 10 They pull minutes. out their phones and they're like, They're uh, an Apple phone. Yeah. They're like, they, we, can, we can do this. Like, no, but no, I tell them, no, we're going to use a timer and it clicks and they're just, they stare at it. Like, <laughs> like heads explode. Yeah. yeah. It's, and so the first time I said, well, 
I mean, the kid literally was like, what is this? Like, Wait, are these kids from high school? These are or, STEM kids from around when we teach. We teach at the 49er Foundation. Oh, okay, okay. Primarily for their so, STEM. So kids all around. Okay. Kids all around. So you can, so oh, hold on, <clears throat> commercial. People don't have to come to the Epicurean Connection on East Street East. You can bring your your shtick on the road. You can yes. bring the cheese someplace else. We do okay. that frequently. Okay. Yes. All right, so hold on. We've now got this pot. It's been 10 minutes. 10 minutes. So now you take your cheese ladle. I'm allowed to open the, the lid. Now you can take your lid off. <sighs> Good. No pressure. No, no worries now. So you okay, take good. your ladle that you've eaten all your cheese foam off right. of. <laughs> right. And then you gently lay it on top of the cheese curds and mm. let it go. Right. Oh, let it sink into it. And it doesn't sink and oh. you've made cheese. Oh, oh, because it's solid. Right. So now, it, now you have cheese curds. So now you're gently going to scoop in at a horizontal area, mm-hmm. lift up, mm-hmm. resist the jiggle. No jiggling. <laughs> Resist the jiggle. Because people want to do that, don't they? They want to jiggle. I want to jiggle. I still want to jiggle. 30 years later. Don't do that. And then you gently pour it into your cheesecloth that's laying in a colander with a bowl to catch all the way. Got it. And so you just gently scoop all of your curds out. Right. And the more gentle you are, the higher yield you will get. Okay. Okay. And so once you've got most of it out, then we take the pot away from you because some people become like, I'm going to get every single (laughs) ounce. Right. And so we pull that aside. And keep right. you focused on your two to three pounds of cheese. And the, oh, wow. I say two because actually the average is three pounds plus. Of cheese? Of cheese. From a gallon of milk? Yes. That's pretty good. But sometimes we get a two, so I feel like I want to be honest. Right, okay. And I don't want somebody who makes a two-pound wheel to feel bad. No, so we'll say we average two and a half. There we go. We'll go right in the middle. Okay, okay. So we'll average two and a half. All right. And so then you can either choose to make a wheel of cheese. Okay. So if you want to flavor it with dried spices, I recommend dried, not fresh, because the fresh parsley, basil, chives, mm. they all turn black from Look the steam. Off. Yeah, okay. So <clears throat> dried herbs of your choice. I I love this oleo spice from the spice shop. Okay. It's like an Italian blend. Oh, good. Okay. Um, you can use, I, I love lemon zest and black pepper. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And then stir it in. So then you take all four corners of your cheesecloth. Mm. You gently, gently twist it. We're not making, right. we're not making paneer, no squishing. Okay, okay. And then you rest it in the colander. Okay. Drain the hot whey back into your pot. Right. And then put your cheese wheel in your refrigerator for four to 24 hours. Okay. And then when you have it, you'll unveil it, hopefully at a party. Right. Ta-da! To, to impress your friends. Look what I made. I made this cheese. And if right. they're not impressed, wrap it back up and take it home with yeah, you. Yeah, because they're not your friends then. You should no. walk away. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's my rule. If they're not impressed... They don't right. get any. Okay. So you unveil this beautiful cheese and you choose. You can drizzle olive oil, well, toma- and tomato season, peach season, raspberries, okay. whatever you got. You want to use up those jams in the fridge that right. you have, you know, because you have kids. I do. So you have probably have five jars of jam with like a tablespoon left in each. <laughs> so you take all of those jams. It's an habit, yes. You take them all and yeah. you mix them together. Ah, okay. And you make a wonderful multi-flavored okay. jam. <laughs> and then you put it in the microwave for just few seconds to right. like make it a little more loose right and then you'll drizzle it over the wheel of cheese I love that and you now you've not only cleared five jars of jam out of the door of your refrigerator <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's so funny you mentioned because that is so true everyone's got those jars of jam jelly and then like random hot sauces I'm the hot have, sauce hoarder I've got so many and then and then like um uh, what's it hoisin sauce and like stuff you use for like certain kind of culinary cooking and you don't do a lot of oyster sauce hoisin sauce exactly the fish sauce and like so I've got so many of these like I 
Thank you. I like this. So for the jams, at least we got a solution. What's the name of that cheese? What's it called? Just cheese? Creme de ricotta. Creme de ricotta. Oh, so ricotta cheese. It's If I would that... have renamed it 30 years ago, but right. 30 years ago, people would recognize the word ricotta. Right. And it seemed, and by adding the creme de, I had, I had never even been to France yet. Mm. So, but I named it. I thought it sounded sexier than... Ricotta. So, so I named like, it Creme like de Ricotta. Italian and French together. Yeah, all together. Creme de Ricotta. And Igvel, it drove him nuts. Because Okay, so you worked at a cheese factory or cheesery or cheese. What I do you did call not it? work for Igvel. He was my mentor. There's the Mentoring okay. Alliance program. Ah. And I got ah, Igvel okay. as my mentor. For real. So for real. When you were a, a not, you weren't even a culinary student then. You were like. No, I, a, was, I was in seventh grade. And, and, and he. So Igvel, for people who don't know, big name here literally we have a bridge named after him just half a block away here um he was a cheesemaker he's world-renowned cheesemaker Bella cheese it's still there it's on second street east um and people can walk there from the plaza we off we send people there all the time they mm-hmm. still make cheese there it's these still big pro- wheels it's still a producing plant the milk i see the milk trucks come up right past my window when they go there um did he teach you to make cheese or you just talk about the cheese business so like, did he both so he taught me all about how to make cheese um, he, a big aspect which he was very forceful about was business. And I'm very, mm. at, at 14, I wasn't as appreciative, but at right. 53, I'm super appreciative. Yeah, a lot, there's a lot of great chefs and poor business people out there. And I can do QuickBooks and I can mm. look at my numbers and I can cost out something. Mm. And I have my bookkeeper, Brian, we call him Book of Brian. And so he'll cost everything out like right. technically. Right. And then he'll ask me, what do you think? Right. And then I'm like, I don't know, 167 each, and he's like, darn it. It was <laughs> so like got one six, it's like 178 or something. So because that's that's the hard part about running a food business is, is keeping track of your food cost, uh, and I mean your labor too. But like food costs, it'll it'll, it'll dip into your profits real fast. So oh you gotta, yeah, you got to be really careful with that. Stuff. So I had Book of Brian for four years working for him, and he did his thesis on our shop. That's amazing. And so, but it was the common game with him and I, right? Of how much so Shauna this, versus the spreadsheet. Who's going to win? Totally. I love this. And I was so close that it drove him so, crazy. So Ig, was Ig like that good at, at business and, and yes. understanding cheese and stuff like that? And he, what kind of cheeses did he make? He um, liked to make the dry jack, which mm. was his signature cheese. Mm-hmm. And he also liked to make the Toma, the Italian mm. soft okay. cheese. That was like his go-to cheese. And they still make those, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then the Jack's were definitely more of the that era of the commodity mm. jacks, but then he spun it and started making like rosemary jack with rosemary from grown on the okay. property and okay. garlic jack and flavored jacks. There's one called Sonoma Jack. Is that a real cheese? That, that is exist? a it is a real cheese and it's a real <clears throat> brand still. It's not owned mm. by the Vivianis anymore, but okay. it is still a cheese. Okay. And David Viviani does still live in town. Okay. And he does have a cheese-related product company in town now. Oh, interesting. He okay. makes little cheese bites that are keto-friendly. Oh, they're kind of like dried. Yeah. Yes, like, I've had those. Those are David Viviani's cheese bites. Oh, those are good. Well, there's a lot. You, there's a lot you can do with cheese. <laughs> you with your kids, you could grate some cheddar cheese, right? And then put them in little circles, you know, a few inches apart, right? And then put it in the oven at 350 and bake it for like six to eight minutes. And you've now made cheese crackers and your kids will be addicted. Would be amazed. I, uh, my son's now 18. He's old now. Uh, he just eats cheese. He just slices it and just jams it in his maw. 
all the time. He works at the farmer's market. He makes burritos. Uh, as, uh, and he, he, his Bosch taught him how to take melted cheese and put it on the, the Blackstone grill. Right. And, and then you kind of fold it on top of the burrito and stuff. So Dumb. he does this at home. Uh, I got to tell you, cooking in a farmer's market versus cooking in a kitchen are different because when he just throws stuff on the floor at home, mom gets a little mad. Yeah. Yeah, we had but. that talk yesterday with the Mentoring Alliance. We, <laughs> we made dog biscuits yesterday with right. the Mentoring Alliance, and we walked them over to Pets Lifeline. Oh, cool. So we made little peanut butter biscuits and, oh, and put little labels on them. Right. And so all the dogs that live there or adopted or walking or visiting right. get doggy treats from oh, the Mentoring Alliance great. and the Epicurean Connection. Right. And Did you show them how to clean up the kitchen? <laughs> so there was one young man uh-huh. who was like wiping it, wiping it, wiping it, and then putting it in a towel and taking it to the garbage can. I'm like... Who taught you that? He's yeah. like, my grandma said it's the only way to do it. That kid's hired. <laughs> like, Come back to me when you're 15, kid. <laughs> but he but he said it was such a straight phrase. My grandma said. Good, yeah. And I was like, okay, so we're going to tell the whole class this. That's great. Because there was a couple other girls who were just like wiping it off to the floor. Yeah, on the floor, because the floor is magical. And just so I come itself. over and I said, so in the culinary world, because also part of this class with the Mentoring Alliance mm-hmm. is, is helping them prepare to work in a restaurant, maybe right. as a busser. Right, kind of you know, work some, their way, see if they get exposure to work yeah. if they want to do that, yeah. And so, and so I said, you know, in a restaurant, when you wipe it all off the floor, then someone, and it could be you, it could be me, right. has to come through and either vacuum it, mm-hmm. if it's carpet, or mm-hmm. sweep it. Or pick up it, those mats first, which are heavy, and then sweep underneath. And I said, like so if you learn to wipe your table all into a pile and put it right. on a paper towel and throw it in the garbage, <laughs> that's one less half hour that you spend mopping and sweeping. Right. And she was like, I don't want to mop and sweep. And I'm like, I bet you won't wipe your tables that way anymore. <laughs> right. You'll be a little more respectful there and do that. So it was a great lesson for all the kids to learn about how to wipe the table. That's smart. Um, I want to transition away from, from uh, this classes that you do. So, but just so people know, Epicurean Connection, you can take cheese making classes uh, and also cooking classes. Yes. You are a chef. You're cooking classes stuff. Yes. And your husband, Ben, is there. He, he is moral support. He uh, helps cook with you. He helps keep the camera going when you and I do live Zooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does everything. He's amazing. But he teaches a lot, probably more than half the cheese classes now. Okay. He teaches most of the Thursday, Friday, Saturday classes. Oh, he does. Okay. And then I teach most or, of the corporate offsite groups. Got it. Okay. He's, he's a guy there. But I want to talk about you have a new book out. You are now an author. Yes. My daughter and I wrote a book during COVID. <laughs> okay. We got a grant from Sonoma County Economic Development Board. Oh, great. Okay. And we got another grant. So between the two of those, mm-hmm. we we were able to, I was able to then hire my daughter to help me work. Okay. And so we wrote a book about butter. Butter. What's the name of the book? Buttermonger. Buttermonger by uh, Shauna Davis and Karina Davis. Yep. And uh, tell me about this. I mean, I'm looking right now at a at an advanced copy. Yes. It has not come. It's going to come out. When's it coming out? It's at the <clears throat> printer as we speak. So okay. I should have the news when um, Wednesday. They said by next Wednesday I should know when I have books in hand. Actual books. So they can be actual printed books. I'm gonna have printed books. And I'm gonna do eBooks, and I'm gonna do books on Amazon. This is amazing. I'm okay. not. I'm not selling the books on Amazon. I'm selling the eBooks on Amazon. Okay, right. Yeah. So, so people can buy the books. Though uh, I'm imagining here in town when they're in here in Sonoma, they'll be able to buy them at our place <coughs> okay. and at Sign of the Bear. Great. Okay, those are two fantastic and spots. And Laura's super excited. She's going to set up a whole butter display. Of <laughs> Sign of the Bear is a really nice kitchen shop right on the Sonoma Plaza on First Street West. And they That's do a, a great job. It's like, if you have a culinary purchasing problem, don't go right. in there. Because they have everything. <laughs> They'll you, go broke so fast. But so, they have such great stuff. So that, that's where our book will be available. Okay. And then uh, also at the Fairmont and the Lodge. Oh, good. Okay. I'll have to talk to you about the Visitor Center. 
So yes. here's my question. And the visitor center. But, see, I love it. Um, butters. I see there's types of butters. French butters, American butters. Um, there's different types of butters that you talk about. And that's just like the beginning of the book. But then you get into the recipes. We give you a little, we give you some history of butter. Okay. Then we talk about the difference of European butters and the American butters. Okay. And just the difference, not p- putting one above the other. Right. Because just, just how they're produced. preferences the and stuff like that. What I do love now is that there's so many options for butters butters, I think when, you know, maybe uh, 50 years or 30 years ago, you'd go into the grocery store and there was just butter, right? Probably Land O'Lakes, probably a major national chain of butter. Right. Uh, and now you can go in there, and in addition to all our local butters that we have here, right? Uh, Clover, uh, Strauss, uh, I'm sure there's some I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting a lot. And don't forget that <clears throat> Clover makes Lucky's butters. So like... Well, they do, like a co-packer. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's like butters. You can get European butter if you want to try that, or Irish butter, right. or French butter. And they have different butter fat contents, I guess, and different tastes, and salted, unsalted. Um, so we're, we're kind of, it's the golden age of butter, Shana. It is the golden age of butter. <laughs> and so I'm on trend, apparently. I just read an yeah. article that butter butter is trending this year. Oh, it is. Okay. And so, um, by the way, I refused principally to put the butter boards in my book. You know, those butter, butter boards. boards. It was all over TikTok. Oh, so boards are a big thing. Like, like at first it was charcuterie and now it's everything else. Yeah, but... What's would, a butter board? You would spread butter on a, on a like a wooden board. <laughs> first you get a plank of wood. <laughs> okay. And then you spread the butter. Why? And then you... Just because. All right, keep because, going. Yeah. And then you sprinkle your herbs and spices and edible flowers. And then uh-huh. you take chunks of bread and you wipe it through the butter, and, and you, you eat, eat it. it with like a little bit of a like a maybe a little bit of pine or maple it's, <laughs> splinter it's, in your tongue. <laughs> I don't get it because okay. <laughs> especially in the post-COVID days, I don't get the double so, dipping. Well, of, there's a huge difference between food that's delicious and good, as and then food that looks interesting on TikTok to make you talk about it, which obviously we're doing. It worked. Right, because they're, okay, you know, even a crawfish boil or like whatever, like, like you have a table or like a lobster boil, they have a big table and they dump stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of back east, people do that and whatever. There was a whole trend of like, let's make spaghetti that way. So they put down, you know, plastic or something like that on a table, like plastic, right? And then they dump spaghetti and then spaghetti sauce and meatballs and then people just kind of grab it in the middle. And... <laughs> And I could just see, like, no, there's a reason, like a big bowl of spaghetti that you serve yourself from, yes, but a pile of spaghetti, and, you know, I lost my poor meatball when it, like, yeah. rolls down the hill or whatever. <laughs> right. Like, that's terrible. But that's but it looks great on TikTok, right? So just because it looks good on TikTok doesn't mean that you should do that. So I did not. Thank you. Well, I see, okay, well, here's what I see. Bacon brown sugar butter, chorizo butter, chimichurri butter, pear, pear butter, pear, pear butter, saffron honey butter. These are all recipes where you start with butter and you mix stuff into it. Is that correct? Correct. You're not melting it and like cooking it or like that. It's just like a blending. So I show you how to make butter or you can choose to use a butter that you purchased. Oh, so you can, this book shows me how to take milk and make butter out of it. This this book shows you how to make unsalted butter, salted butter, and cultured butter. Do you, oh, cultured butter has been to a museum or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So to make butter... Do you, I feel like a little house in the prairie kind of thing with Laura Ingalls Wilder. I'm not going to make you shake a mason jar for two hours. <laughs> so I can use a KitchenAid or something like that? Or yep. is there, is it, I, I have really? six brand new Cuisinarts ready for the butter making so station. I can literally go home. I can pick up some milk on the way home. This uh, Whole milk? Is that what I need? Or cream? or Cream. Cream. And I, I have a mixer. I have a KitchenAid. Can that make butter? No. I need, need a, the Cuisinart. A que- like a, um, one of those things with the blades. You need the, the blades. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have one of those, too. Okay. Do you like that? I described my... Th- and I got it. Thank you. Um, and do you still have your cheese cloth from your cheese class? Okay, I was going to mention that the, the cheese class 
is so simple, even I can do it, because you and I did it, and people can find it if you want to find the YouTube. We did a live cast of it uh, about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. That was fun, by the way. Do you still have your cheesecloth? I, I do. It's in the drawer. So you're going to use your cheesecloth to make your butter? You, so Why you, don't you call it buttercloth? Shana. Well, we could. We could start calling it buttercloth. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> In butter classes, it'll be buttercloth. Thank you. It's buttercloth. Thank you. So, so you use that. So today it's going to be buttercloth. So you get your buttercloth out. So you're going to get a quart of cream, uh-huh. of whipping cream. You're oh, going to okay. put it in your food processor, and you're going to think it's going to explode, but it's just the right amount that doesn't. <laughs> Go right before it explodes. I, you have all these rules. You open the pot, 25% of your yield's gone. Go right before it explodes. Okay, good. So With your butter cloth. Put, put, put it in, and uh-huh. it takes six minutes to make butter. Oh, that's it. So you know, the first minute, Laura Ingalls would be really pissed off to find out that 150 years later that you could just do it in six minutes. <laughs> she didn't have to. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I still make some of the kids when I was in Dubai. They were so rambunctious and uh-huh. excited, and I couldn't keep them corralled if I tried. Right. I don't know how much espresso they drank, or Coca Colas, <laughs> or what. But these right. kids, and they had all the best intentions. They were just like always jumping and moving, right. and like they couldn't right. stop. And so finally, I'm like. These kids are making butter in mason jars. Oh, that's a great idea. And they loved it. They thought it was the best thing ever. <laughs> of course. And I had a group of 50 young kids from around the globe. Really? Morocco, you know, Pakistan, Iran. Learning how to make butter. South, America, South Africa. Yeah. And had them all in the room. And they were laughing and giggling <laughs> and having the best time. And, and then when it turned to butter, right. they squealed like a little three-year-old. They were probably amazed. They went from liquid to solid. Yeah, they were stunned. Wait, so you don't heat it up? No. Look at me. What is this black magic you're doing? This is amazing. Right? So you, you're buying pasteurized cream. Uh-huh. So it's already been heated and treated. Uh, okay. Okay. And so therefore, you put it in there. So the, for the first minute, it looks like it's starting to look like a, it's maybe going to be some whipped cream. Right. Right. And then it turns to whipped cream. And this is where the, the crisis comes in. So it starts to break. So that's when uh, I get calls. Right. But it's breaking down the protein to allow the way out. Okay. And then so for a minute, like... Three to four people panic because it, gotcha. it looks terrible. And they call the butter doctor. They, Shauna, help they me. They call Shauna. What, what's going on? I get these pictures. Are you going to put your phone, phone number in the in the book here? <laughs> I don't think. So. <laughs> don't do that. No. Right. And then at minute five, you're like, huh? It's starting to roll around in a ball. Right. And now, and so you let it roll around for a minute uh-huh. till six minute six, and now you have this ball of butter, huh. and you got to scrape some off the edges too. Okay. And the way stay a lot of the way stays in the Cuisinart. Okay. You take your ball of butter and put it in a cheesecloth in a colander in a bowl, just like in oh, the so, cheesecloth. Okay. okay. And then you can now choose to just let it rest right. on its own if you want it to look rustic and French. Okay. Um, or you can choose to take it and shape it into a wheel of butter and serve a oh, wheel. Okay. Or, you know, um, have some fun. Make some little cupcake-sized butters and flip them out. So, like... Oh, those are cute. When you go to, like, you know, when you go to Bouchon, they serve you right. a little Bouchon of butter. You could do that fancy to I your family. I love that you... Sean is like, and if you want to do exactly what they do in a fancy restaurant for one twentieth the cost, you can do it. Right? You can. Um, I tell okay. people to freeze the butter in ice cubes. You can freeze butter? You can freeze butter. Okay. I guess I do do freeze butter because I have some in the freezer, but it's just the stuff I buy in the store, so... Yeah. But so I love making oh. butter shapes. So just look at what you already have in your pantry. Okay. And what shape might be fun to serve butter to your family in. Okay. I and got have that. fun with it. Like I do have a uh, mold that we use for Halloween. It's a brain. Yes, that would be perfect. <laughs> That's exactly what I was, was looking for. <laughs> that was, yeah. I got one. I found out how to make uh, a, a realistic brain. You need to find, it's really hard to find, it's like peach and another kind of jello. 
<clears throat> that you can make into this mold, and it looks just like a human brain. So that's awesome. It's going to make the best butter I'm ever. A butter. I'm going to make. I'm going to do this. Um, so you're probably going to need to make two batches of butter <laughs> right, to, to get, fill the brain. It's a big. It's a big brain. Right. I've seen the them. brain butter. I love this idea. I didn't even think about this. Well, tell, Sean, I see. I see. Could you do a half a brain? Well, if I only had a brain, yeah, I can do half a brain. Then just do a half a brain. Make one batch. <laughs> okay. I see. Look, I see Girl Scout cookies. Oh, this is fun. You can make Girl Scout. Oh, you add Girl Scout cookies to the butter? Yes. Oh, and what I love is that then you have serving suggestions for what to do with the butter. Yes. And the pairings. So, so like here's like the Tagalogs, which are really good. Um, and no, don't sue us, Girl Scouts, but that's the name of one of your cookies. <clears throat> and so it's like four ounces unsalted butter, four ounces Girl Scout cookie Tagalogs uh, ground up, and then you put them in the food processor together. Mm-hmm. And then you can serve this on crepes, pancakes, waffles, French toast. And then you have pairing suggestions. Chocolate martini, Zinfandel wine, Tawny Port, frozen hot chocolate. Frozen hot chocolate? What the heck is that? Uh, so frozen hot. Maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's hot chocolate. Maybe. Hot chocolate or frozen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're still on the proof here. <laughs> anyway, so these these we have time. Cookies, <laughs> stop the presses. So you can um, you can serve these these <laughs> these butters with different pairing suggestions. I love this thin mints. Um, and our our Girl Scout is Elise Hill of La Prenda Vineyards. Oh, yeah. And um, we, yeah. my Girl Scouts outgrew me, so I had to find a new one. So I found Elise. Um, Isn't it funny when you have that one kid you rely on for Thin Mints, and then one day you see him, you're like, hey, you don't come to my house anymore. And she's like, yeah, I'm 17. I'm in college yeah, in like, Hawaii. I'm like, oh. Do you know? Do you know anyone else selling <laughs> So that's pretty much how it happened. Yeah. So my girls grew out of me, and they're in college. Right. Right. And then luckily, Elise just started selling them. Good. And I'm like, you're my girl. You got. It's almost like um, Amway. They got to like find someone else to replace them. So you're like, hey, before you leave the Girl Scout game, you got to find me somebody else because I and need Elise my And Elise has it down because she has three older brothers. Oh yeah. She makes them work for her. <laughs> she makes them do deliveries for her. Good. She's the business woman. She knows how to do it. Um, okay, I'm going. I think back. there's a cute picture of her in there, too. Is there? I see, I see like, Herb de Provence, Harley Farms, Chevre Butter. Harley Farms, down there in Pescadero? Mm-hmm. No? Okay. Um, I picked some of my favorite cheeses out of, around the country. Oh, yeah. Dumbarton Blue Butter. Dumbarton yes. Blue. What's that? Is that a cheese? It's a cheddar blue cheese made in Wisconsin and Therese. Cheddar blue cheese. Oh, my God. It's heaven. Cheddar blue cheese. So, it's like it the... M- it's the, mold the in it? it has the blue <clears throat> cheese veins and the blue cheese through it, but mm-hmm. it's a cheddar firm enough like a one-year cheddar. Okay. Oh, my God. It's one of my favorite cheeses, period. Uh, you'll get a Gouda butter cheese, a, a, a cashew butter, crunch butter, Widmer brick cheese butter. Oh, that's one of my favorites. Ooh, Estero Gold. Yes. I love that stuff. Again, Our local. My son, uh, he, he trades the farmer's market and sometimes he brings home some Estero Gold from them. I'm like, good good trade, son. You've done well. Well, um, that's oh. like Jedi training right there. <laughs> cocktail butters. What's a gin gimlet butter. What does that mean? What is? You can use the ingredients and make a butter and then pair it with, you know, if you're going to have dinner, you know, make a pasta with that butter <laughs> okay. and serve it with the cocktail. Oh, yeah. And there's like, there's actually gin and vodka and vermouth and the whole thing. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, Shauna, this is amazing. Why did you do a butter book? Why, why butter? Why now? So, uh, I've been playing around with making this butter class. Okay. And my friend Linda Trotta is a winemaker at a winery called Bread and Butter. Oh, okay. okay. Um, but I've known Linda for nearly 30 years when she okay. was at Gunlick Bunshu. Okay. okay. And her wife, Suzanne, is a winemaker at Chateau St. Jean. Oh, okay. And so I've known them, and I catered their wedding, and they, I oh. catered their um, citizenship party. Oh, wow. It was f- super fun. So, like, That's they're longtime cool. friends. Okay. Very and, good. And um, so, I called Linda... 
or rather Linda called me precisely and says, hey, I'm working at a winery called Bread and Butter and I think you're just what we need. Right. I'm like, well, what are you going to do? And she's like, I want you to make me 12 butters that pair 12 of my wines. I want to buy the recipes and that's what we're going to use on our recipe cards for our wine club. Got it. And so to narrow it down to the 12 wine or butters that Linda wanted, Mm. it made me make like 48. Right. Because... You got to try them all so you can find what you're going to land on. Okay. And so... We sold her those, and we did our agreement, and we had a great time. And right. We made little videos. There's videos on YouTube with Linda Trotter okay. and I doing butter. Okay. They'll be on our website <laughs> soon on buttermonger.com. Okay. Uh, buttermonger.com. Very mm-hmm. good. Okay. And so you'll see Linda and I making butter <clears throat> together, pairing it with wine. Because butter, butter is used as a description often for Chardonnay. Yes. Or diacetyl, you know, like that kind of buttery mouthfeel. Yes. Um, so it's kind of funny that they wanted to pair wine with butters. And then what was fun is we picked a different bread. And so I found mm. myself going to shop like outside of where I shop. Like right. I shop Lucky's and Sonoma Market. That's like <laughs> right, right. the two closest places, right. depending on what I, <laughs> seafood, Sonoma Across Market. The street from each other, right. Basics right. at Lucky's. Right. And then, and otherwise I get a CSA food delivery of oh, okay. vegetables. Okay. And so. But to look at breads, I was like, well, what, do, what, do, what do people eat? I'm like, I eat sourdough. Yeah. And like, I eat multigrain. And, yeah. you know, sometimes I buy that Dave's bread. Oh, Dave's Killer Bread? Yeah, I like that's, that that's one. That's pretty good for sandwiches. You want like yeah. a good sandwich bread or good toast bread? Yeah. Yeah, they're out of, I think they're out of San Francisco. I remember that. But yeah, it's, that's they're good. Bay they're Bay Area. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And so, but, so I went, I take myself on field trips when I'm hired for research and development mm. because they also, these particular bread and butter wines, it's their, I wouldn't say it's not their premium level. Okay, right. It's their entry level. Right, right. So they want these wines to be at the ends of CVSs and right. Walmarts. The and approachable end cap wines. End right. cap wines, <laughs> right. volume. Right. And eye level. Eye level, <laughs> gotta have it. Right. So that made me go on a whole adventure. Like, so I went to Walmart and I felt like I was a stalker because I was like <laughs> looking in people's grocery baskets. <laughs> That's, you do that because when you're when you're a, a cook or a chef, right? You kind of see how people eat, right? Oh, totally. And this is the problem of shopping in, in wine country. Like when I go buy wine at the grocery store, you know you're going to run into a winemaker oh, who's totally. going to look in your cart, and you're like, "Oh, I I drank your wine last, last week. night." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you were at Walmart <clears throat> peeping at people's carts, and and, and trying then to the see bread the selection. Wine. I was right. like. <clears throat> Holy moly, look at yeah. So I bought like 25 different breads, <laughs> right. ate a slice of each of them, and then donated them to SOS. Okay, good. Right. Um, but Send I had to taste, support. yes, our local homeless shelter, but does far more than feed the homeless. Right. They, fe- they feed our food insecure families of Sonoma. Very good. So it's an amazing organization. Um, but they thought it was a great, really funny donation from me, because usually it's like five gallons of potato leaf soup. Right, right. Here's a bunch of soup. You're like, here's like 20 uh, loaves of bread with one slice missing. <laughs> one random, and random breads. So I had to buy all the different breads, because each each wine and right. butter, bread and butter had to have a different bread. And you had to have bread that was probably available, not just here, but other places, right? Yeah, Hence so that's Walmart, why I went to Walmart. Uh, a major retailer. So if somebody in like Des Moines who is getting into wine or something like that. Right, so I went to the American Canyon Walmart. Okay. And I went to the Vallejo Target. Good. Because they have a grocery store. Right. And then Safeway is um, regional, so. Right. And then I went to a, um, 
Super Save Mart. Save Mart. Okay. Super. It's out. It's out in West Santa Rosa. Oh yeah. It's um, like a big discount. Not grocery. Food for less. Oh, food for less. Okay. Also grocery. Food for market. less. Uh, yeah. They're so, owned by Nugget, but they're just more of a commodity. Right. Right. And so I learned how many breads are out there. Lots. And lots. And so, but but it made it kind of fun. And Linda and I were just cracking up, tasting all these different breads. I love this. You know, tasting Hawaiian roll to a wheat bread oh, to a. I love Hawaiian roll. And it paired perfect with this pineapple jam. A lot of sugar in Hawaiian roll. I figured that out. That's why I love them so much. And this. add pineapple jam butter to King's, it. King's Hawaiian roll. Oh, it's so good. That's just really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a question. What if I don't eat dairy? Can I still find any recipes in your book for butter? There is five vegan recipes in the okay. book there for you okay. to try and enjoy. And what are, uh, I see cashews. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty common. I'm, I'm seeing more people who, like my uh, daughter doesn't eat dairy. Uh, she kind of has a bad reaction to it. But uh, cashew stuff, that's kind of cool that you have the availability so people can learn how to do that. Yes. And, and kind of keep everyone included there. So that's I, cool. I tried and tried and tried to make a tofu butter, and I just couldn't get a texture that was that was actually a butter like texture. Like Yeah, yeah. It was, it, it just, it wasn't going to happen. I tried. <laughs> Did my best. I tried. All right, so this is called Buttermonger. Um, this is amazing. It comes out possibly in a week-ish. And people can find the, out oh, about the, it. The technical release date is March 3rd. Oh, March 3rd. March oh, wow. 3rd. So because they arrived to me, then I got to get them out right. to the Sign of the Bear, the Visitor's Bureau. Thank you. And the Epicurean Connection. Other places. All right, what we're going to do is this. You're not going away yet, because now we're going to transition to talking about upcoming events that oh, are yay. happening in Cinema Valley. At the end, you're going to help me answer some questions. Are you ready? And then before we leave, you're going to tell people how to order this when the time comes. So, events that are coming up. You know Cinema Valley, lots of stuff happening. It's Even though it's winter, and it's like all of 65 degrees outside, so it's freezing out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know people are always like, what should we do in the winter? I'm like, you can go hiking. <laughs> it's really nice out here. Um, we've got coming up on February 4th, so it's coming up soon, uh, the band called Illegitimate ACDC. Have you seen them? They are phenomenal. Awesome. They are good. This is uh, Bobo Diablo, who was the uh, uh, the name of a very special person who uh, helps us actually get into this podcast booth. Uh, he leads this band, and uh, he's a mild-mannered radio executive by day. And then the second he puts on the ACDC, he goes nuts. And he's jumping off of amps. And he's, he's swinging crazy. his hair. <laughs> swinging his hair. They're fantastic. They're playing February 4th um, at the El Verano Inn. El Verano Inn? El Verano Inn? Yeah, El Verano, El Verano Inn. Inn. <clears throat> um, up there in Laurel Avenue. That is actually a former house, kind of, slash. It used to be a brothel. Okay. Okay. I hear that about every building in Sonoma, though. Did, were there just brothels everywhere? Or? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I grew up across the street oh. from oh, the El Verano Inn. Oh, okay. So that's your area. Okay. Well, I, we'll, we'll keep that for the, uh, the, the late night show when you tell me more about the action at the El Verano Inn. But now it's a venue. Uh, and Not you, really nice owners. And you can rent it out for fundraisers. You can all sorts of stuff. But uh, ACDC, the illegitimate ACDC, I put, for those about to rock, come see the North Bay's ultimate tribute to the greatest rock band ever. ACDC, a secret pop-up surprise show. Well, you can hear it here. <clears throat> that you won't find any information about on the internet except for <laughs> right here. Um, so uh, one of their one of their bandmates is going to Western Nevada, all the way to Western Nevada, probably Reno. So uh, they're just doing it going away for him February fourth. Uh, yeah. And then that's it. For them? Mm-hmm. No, they 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 they'll they're always around. Okay. You might be in the band next. No, I can't play anything. Doesn't matter. Do you have the desire to rock? 
Bob will find a place for you. No. <laughs> Here's one. This is interesting. Um, February 10th. Uh, this is presented by the Girl in the Fig, but it's at Jacuzzi Family Vineyards, and they're going to be showing a movie, Cinema Notte, Dinner and a Movie in the Piazza. <clears throat> so at Jacuzzi Family Vineyards, South Town, when mm-hmm. you're coming in, beautiful building. Uh, it says, jo- join us for a Rom- Roman tick, a romantic evening <laughs> under the stars with your special someone. You'll be welcomed with a glass of our signature bubbles, followed by dinner and a movie Italian style. Enjoy an Italian-inspired meal catered by Girl in the Fig, paired with jacuzzi wine, all while watching the classically captivating Roman Holiday, starring Audrey Hepburn and Gregory Peck. So that's uh, February 10th out there. Sounds fun. It does sound fun. And <clears throat> Roman Holiday kind of popularized uh, going around on a little Vespa. So totally. more people need Vespas. This is coming up at the end of February. Sonoma County Restaurant Week is back 2023, Yay. February 20th through 26th. This is all over the valley and the county. Uh, a bunch of different restaurants. You, you, you can be a dining, like a, a sit-down restaurant. You can even be, they have small cafes, uh, breakfast places now. So February 20th through the 26th. Um, I think there's information. Just go to SonomaValley.com and click on Restaurant Week, but there'll be the information there. It's a great week to, to taste <clears throat> restaurants you may have think about going to. Exactly. You haven't been. Exactly. You weren't sure. It's a great opportunity to go taste a multi-course meal at an affordable price try them out thank you so it's it's good and that's i do love that because you know you do i don't want to say you get in a rut but you have these old favorites of restaurants i i love them right i go to them all the time and then at restaurant week i'm like you know i should go to that and give it a whirl and see right. what's there so you can do it restaurant week's a great time that's, to that's do that time to do it shauna are you ready for the part of the game where we call we get questions yes <laughs> i'm going to ask you questions that we've been getting or people have been told me we've been getting, and then you can help me answer it. Okay. So we, as you know, we operate two visitor centers. People can also email us, info at Sonoma Valley. They text us. We get all, you know, Facebook. We get all, everyone asks us questions. So here's one. It recently rained last month. It got in the news, uh, and people said, did all the rain affect the vines, and how will it affect the grapes? Did <laughs> So serious question. Someone from, uh, this person's from the Midwest, and uh, <clears throat> did all the rain affect the vines? How will it affect the grapes? So do you, how would you answer that? I think the vines are going to be fine. There's some vines that have sit in the water a little bit longer. Ned Hill would be the expert, or Jill Benziger would mm-hmm. be an expert right. on that. But I think the vines are going to be fine. And I think after three years of drought, I think our vines <laughs> were probably going to have a very healthy harvest. They will. Yeah. Based on the soil is is rich and, and moist again. Yep. So I'm going to say I'm voting for high yield, high volume this good. year. Well, good. Yeah, and I think when people, especially who aren't from California, don't understand in California, we get our rain typically November through about March, November through April. Any rain we do get after that is really light and passing. And our heavy storms are typically in January. If Literally, if you look at uh, the record, December, January, sometimes into February we get heavier rains, but the big ones. But a vine has 30 feet, 20 feet of, of roots. Yeah. They're not going anywhere. So even, like, even you go to parts uh, like south of town here, Shellville, Carneros. They're not floating away. No. They're, I mean, the water's moving through it, and then a day later the water's down. The vine's like, that was awesome. It's uh, actually, if, it, if ever anybody wants a good view after Larson has flooded, mm-hmm. then go down and look at the mud line and be amazed. Oh, the Larson Family Winery? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's fascinating. It's right there. And people know that the the farmers are used to this it's been happening year after year um so again and and the vines by the way they're dormant at this time of year so they're sleeping so it doesn't affect them there's no grapes on them and they're Uh, just barely starting to trim them with with the sunny weather just barely i saw the crews out today so they're out there doing the pruning so okay yeah so jill benziger you mentioned that she got this question at benziger family winery someone called are the vines still there and she's like i'm sorry (laughs) yes (laughs) so okay uh here's a question for you 
okay. we get questions. Where can I find lemons in Sonoma Valley? Well, make friends with a neighbor with a lemon tree would be my first answer. <laughs> That's exactly. Um, I have a standing at, at my at my takeout and, and mm-hmm. education center. I have a standing. I will give you soup mm-hmm. for a bucket of lemons. Oh, really? I like that. Okay. And, Fair is Brand. fair. I see. That's, that's I was joking because I see a bunch of signs on the side of the, the lemons are everywhere right now. Um, I had the guy from Sonoma Botanical Garden, Scott Medbury, talking about their citrus exhibit that's happening up there. Oh, and, and I gotta go about, see oh, that. It's fantastic, but it's through March. But basically, right now in in Northern California. Everyone's citrus trees are exploding, so you re- you literally cannot give lemons away. I mean, you can. You can give lemons away. It's the equivalent of, like, zucchini in July. Yes. Right. So where can you find lemons? Uh, literally walk down the street. Somebody probably has in front of their house a little basket saying, please take some lemons. I mean, pre-COVID, I would go knock on people's door when I'd see their tree. <laughs> Just oh, and, and ask for like, lemons. hey, I'll bring you back <clears throat> some jam and cheese if I could pick 30 of those lemons. Right. And usually they were like, oh, that'd be fantastic. Right. They're like, heck yeah. Yeah. They're all yours. And, you know, with COVID, I didn't feel... <laughs> comfortable knocking on people's doors. <laughs> right. But now my newest approach is what if I send them a postcard? Oh, I like that idea. So that's my newest You're approach. You're the lemon lady, the lemon soup lady, lemon for soup. Okay. And then this one guy called me or messaged me on Facebook because I had said I was looking for lemons. Right. And I'm not talking two or three. I'm like, I go through. You need lemons. You're, you're a chef. Yeah. We need them. We use them in the cheese glass. Right. Okay. So we go through. Right. Lemons. Lemons. And this guy says, oh, I live at the corner of this and that. Mm-hmm. Just pull in the driveway all the way to the back to the right. And pick a tree. And I'm like, okay. Right. So I drive in the driveway, drive the back, and I turn, and there's like glorious, like, dozen trees of Meyer lemons. I mean, yeah. ben, ben said I look like a kid in a candy store. <laughs> I couldn't decide which tree to pick off of. Right. There was so many options that Ben's like, one tree. Right. One tree this week. We'll right. come Focus. back. Focus, next, Shana. Next week, next tree. Right. And so we still left with four bus stubs. That's amazing. From one tree. And the Meyer lemon is a sweeter type of lemon, not as sour, puckery. Mm-hmm. It's great in your water. Good. It's good for cooking. Yeah. See? And it's a thinner... Less, a thinner um, less acidity. Yeah. It's a, it's a great one. And the zest on it is so good. <laughs> it's good for baking. I mean, we're going... Look at us. Yeah. Brought to you by the Meyer Lemon Society. Uh, okay, another question for you. <clears throat> This came on from Facebook. We will be in Sonoma from Thursday to Saturday. We have reservations at Mayo, St. Francis, and Buena Vista. We are staying near the Sonoma Square. Any recommendations for wineries and restaurants would be greatly appreciated. Thoughts on the ones we chose? Thanks in advance, Marianne K. So what what wineries or restaurants would you? For a restaurant, the one I always love to recommend is the Red Grape. Oh, yeah. You cannot go wrong with a meal, mm-hmm. whether pizza, salad, or their mm-hmm. specials. But what I think is really important if you're visiting Sonoma is mm. their impressive wines by the glass. Mm. Okay. And so you can taste not just one. Right. But you can... And More than one variety you can choose from. And because every winemaker in Sonoma eats there... <laughs> or literally has an office across the alley. Across there. the yeah. way. Yeah. Um, they have some of the finest selections right. of wines by the glass. Right. Because the owners are so nice. And, and it's and a, just to be clear, it's a pizza restaurant. And yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a family style... Pizza slash sandwich slash salad place. Right, right? You, can get, you can get a butternut squash ravioli right now. Right, the short ribs are back on the menu. It's a great place. And it's, it's very casual. Come as you are. I always when people are saying we're, we're arriving kind of late on a Friday night. Right, it's like don't pressure yourself to go get you know the five star restaurant. Right, like go to the Red Grape and just relax. Just it's, work it's, your way into it, and you're going to see all the locals there. Do yeah, they even take reservations. I don't even know if they do I reservations. I don't think there. they do. Look at us. We're like, I don't, I don't maybe, think maybe, so. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, um, that's a good one. So, I so got but that, okay. that'd be my entryway restaurant. Okay. 
Um, let's see. I just had a really great meal. Where did we? We ate at Valley. We went. Oh for, yeah. Okay. We went for the LBGTQ night. Okay. Yeah, at Valley, which is uh, uh, half a block away from Redgate. Yes. So it's yeah. on First Street West. Right. And they're new to town, and they're opening mm-hmm. a second restaurant mm-hmm. on Arnold Drive. Mm-hmm. And um, we enjoyed our meal, and it was oh, nice great. to have some new dishes. Yep. Um, it's pet friendly. Their their back patio is dog friendly. <laughs> they have their own dog. They have a house so, dog. Yeah. yeah. So if if you're dog friendly traveling, yeah, it's right there. And I like that they have a bar. So if you are mm-hmm. traveling solo, okay, you can sit at the bar, and that's where you very meet great popular. people. I see. I I get a cup of coffee there in the afternoon. Sometimes I see people hanging out there, just just chatting. The dogs right there. Yeah. Uh, it's in a historic adobe building. It's beautiful, it's a gorgeous building, and it overlooks the plaza. So it's it's a neat spot. That's a good call. I can't wait for them to open. I'll have, I'll have them on this podcast because I think they're opening their new spot. I don't know exactly when. It's a couple months from now, right? A couple months. Out yeah, there they where, said uh, they said probably April. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Um, so then that's that's a little more formal, as you said at the bar. Right. Right. And then um, what would I'm trying to think? I would I would say Cafe La Haye for like a nice formal. Yes, good spot. Classic. Saul's out there. Saul's um, the owner and the proprietor. Right. You know, proprietor owner, but also the maitre d of the restaurant. Right. And his service is just above and it beyond. It is classic. Uh, I don't want to say old style restaurant, but like classic, like Saul's there, he greets you, he's so friendly. It's like he, you've been in his family. Exactly, and he knows how to run a restaurant. Like it's like being it's like being the MC. Like he it literally knows how to do it, right? And there's a real skill to that. There is. There really is. And it and he does it in a way because sometimes you're at a restaurant and you see the guy walking by with his little checkbook, right? Checking are they all? <laughs> oh no, they're not done with their dessert. Right. They got 12 minutes left on their table. Hop hop. Right. Where you would never feel that from Saul. No, and like Saul. You, you, Ever. He's so good at it that you don't know he's doing it. Right. You know what I'm saying? He might even come down and have a sip of wine with you. Yeah. And you don't even know that, like, this guy knows how to manage this restaurant and run it, and he's great. And, yeah. So, that would be be my formal. Those are good ones. And then I had a really good casual but delicious dinner. We had a larger group in town. Mm -hmm. So, we went to Plaza Bistro. Oh, yeah. How was that? And we, I had a good, really, I had a seafood pasta that was very filled with seafood. Okay, good. And very fresh and delicious. So the seafood to pasta ratio was acceptable. The, the yeah. seafood to pasta ratio was very generous. Good. And everybody at our table, I, I don't want to say pleasantly surprised, but we all live here and hadn't been there in a really long time. It's a restaurant. A lot of people overlook it because it is right there next to B&V. Um, it's not as well known. I, well, it's well known, but it's like maybe it's too well known. Is that the right word? I think so. Because the, the owner, he is also like Saul. He, he right. walks the room. Right. He, He's always there. He knows what people are doing. He's keeping tabs yep. on every move. Yeah. He, okay. I've seen him jump in the kitchen and cook. <laughs> right. I mean, Martine is a really good guy. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so we we each ordered something different. We ordered appetizers. Do the uh, whole thing, huh? Everybody, uh, my two friends can't ever agree on the same wine, so they order wines by the glass. <laughs> and he's, that's actually important. I mean, I know bot- if you order a bottle, oftentimes it's if you're going to drink, you know, more than one glass, that's the more economical choice to make and smarter choice. But having a lot of wines by the glass allows you to try different things. Also the advantage. And if like like some people don't like white wines, they'll just stick with the reds, right? right. So you have that advantage and, and to try that. But. I'm a fan of wines by the glass when you go out with a group because it's hard to get groups to agree on a wine. I know. Because like, I'm having duck. Okay, what are you having? I'm having fish. I'm having steak. Oh, God. Right. <laughs> okay. Every man for himself. Exactly. That's okay. it. Everybody's going cocktails. <laughs> All right. So, Marianne, that's a good one. She also asked for some, like, wine-tasting wineries and stuff. I was trying to think of some different ones to try out. 
Um, I like La Prenda, which is by Red Grape. Yep. Um, They're doing fun things, and they have the Frosé. They have the Frosé. So if you're coming here in the summer, that's a big thing. Do they have Frosé in the winter? I wonder. But it's, yeah, it's like a a frozen Rosé. I can guarantee that. (laughs) You know for a fact. Um, Have you been up up in Glen Ellen? Uh, Laurel Glen. Oh, yeah, Laurel Glen with Patina up there. She's it's, up there. That's a, and yeah. it's a great tasting room. It's really yeah. cozy. It's near, near the French, uh, the Pascal. So if you can get some be, macaroons next door. Go there. You're, you're set. And and Nugget Market, uh, Glen Ellen Market's right there. So you can like, get some picnic stuff. Yeah, or if you need whatever. some supplies for your hotel, <laughs> your yeah. Airbnb. It's a good spot. It's a great right stop. And I'm not going to overlook the hamburger at the London Lodge. Real, okay, you know a lot about hamburgers. Actually, we got a question about hamburgers earlier. So that is a good hamburger. It is a really good and hamburger. And in the studio next to us, Pat Carlin's doing his radio show, and he does music out there, uh, I think Thursday nights or Friday Thursday nights. Thursday nights. So yeah, the Jack London Lodge is a, a great bar, a classic bar, um, on the banks. The wild Sonoma Creek goes rushing by. Okay, it's more of a trickle. It, it was rushing this week. <laughs> it was rushing. I know, it rushes. Uh, but it's a huge deck. It's beautiful. And it's a good burger, huh? That's what you're it saying. It is a I've really good burger. It's good. Good Actually, burger, good fries. Last time I was there, who was there with our family? But Jill Benziger, so good call. So You'll usually find a Benziger there. You will usually. <laughs> uh, final question. Someone someone asked, did you get a new website at www.cinemavalley.com? Yes, we did. We refreshed the website. Thanks for noticing. And thanks for asking. I wrote that to myself. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody go to cinemavalley.com Shana did you get a new, a new uh, website Buttermonger wait is it well, Buttermonger fact, I did. Buttermonger.com <laughs> so Shauna I want to say you've been wonderful um, thank you I do so you brought the cheese trail map here too uh, I'll just give a quick shout out uh, Vivian Strauss started this group they have a cheese trail it started off being Sonoma County now it's all of California and you can go see where the cheese makers are locally always in Sonoma County of course is great but Marin Lake all the way down to I don't know probably San Diego or something make no for idea. a good road trip that's right cheese all the way Shauna if people want more information about your business what's the quickest way to find it on the internet the Epicurean Connection so Epicurean E-P-I-C-U-R-E-A-N Connection okay and that's our dot com okay and that's our website and my email is my name Shauna Davis S-H-E-A-N-A Davis at gmail dot com I like that you say that because Shauna and everyone spell it S-H-A-W-N-A might as well just spell it out so Shiana is how it's kind of like and if you google either of those are together and we'll the spelling you. incorrectly, it, it still finds us. Oh, good. And on the bottom right corner of every single page is our contact information. Oh, good. Okay, good. So and you can sign up for our email list if you're looking. You have great emails. You really do, because you have recipes in there. Actually, your recipes are all over our website, the new Thank one, you. the cinemavalley.com. Uh, yeah, you always give us recipes. You're always quick with that, but your emails are really good. They're informative. Um, not a lot of people in the food space are that successful at doing emails. So I slacked. I had it written last night and I forgot to hit send. So this morning I woke up at like six o'clock. I gotta send it. <laughs> My people need me. My cheese people need me, people. All right. Well, Shana, it's been wonderful having Pleasure, you here. Tim. Thank you so much for coming. And again, if everyone has listened this far, and of course you have, hi, mom and dad, please remember to subscribe. Uh, tell your friends all about this. If you have more questions about Sonoma Valley, go to that new website, sonomavalley.com, and we'll see you next week. Thanks. Thanks.